What a wonderful place to be. Sheltered in the arms of God. There's a prerequisite for that, though. You need to be a child of God. I'm going to start with the book of Psalms, chapter 33, Psalm 33, starting at verse 1. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. We kind of heard that tonight. It's wonderful. All of it. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as an heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. And then I want to move over to the book of Colossians. Paul has something that relates to this. In chapter 2, starting at verse 8. Colossians 2, starting at verse 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. I'm going to start with that eighth verse, the first word. Beware. We see signs all the time that will tell us to beware or to be, be careful or to not go into place. Or Usually it's a yellow sign or you'll see a yellow sign with something on it and you're supposed to be careful and avoid these things. This is, this is probably a little more important than a yellow sign, probably a big red flashing light sign. Beware. There's a lot of mechanisms in the world today and they have lots of ideas, philosophies, and they would want to entice all of us to follow suit, to agree with them. Any mechanism in the world that does not glorify or even acknowledge God as a creator has a flaw. Any mechanism in the world that does not glorify or even acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Savior and Redeemer is greatly flawed. Many of these mechanisms target the flesh and they appeal to our finite human reasoning. In other words, we can almost agree with it. It makes sense to us. If you take God out of it, if you take Christ out of it, and that's exactly what they do. We need to question these things. 
We need to put them against God's Word. It's an easy trap to fall into because it does make sense. They appeal to our kind heart. They appeal to wanting to see justice. They appeal to a lot of things that we certainly want to see in the world. But if they leave God out, they're flawed. Let's go back to Psalm 33. In verse 10, the last verse I read, The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. What seems like it's great taking hold now, there's nothing new under the sun. God saw it before and he sees it again now. We shouldn't be surprised. It says, as in the days of Noah, we know it's just as bad then as it's looking now. So I want to look at Isaiah. I have several scriptures I'm going to read. If I say we need to look at the Word of God, we're going to do just that. In Isaiah chapter 29, starting at verse 15, Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord. And their works are in the dark. And they say, Who seeth us? And who knoweth us? Surely your turnings of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay, For shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not? Or shall the thing framed say of him that framed it, he had no understanding? Do you hear what's going on here? It's like God, he saw it coming. What we hear today. Shall the work of him that made it, he made me not? Many say that. Shall the thing framed say of him that framed it? He had no understanding. We see that today. Everyone wants to decide what they are anymore. God help us. We can also find in Scripture that uh, when we have Moses, for instance, who is... In, in the book of Exodus, we find Moses in a situation where he's not feeling like he's able to accomplish what God wants him to do. Anyone been there? Yeah. More often than not, it feels like. But we can go to the Word of God and find that the, the same thing that God speaks to those who have excuses, we can take to ourselves. And many times he's saying the same exact things we've said, we've seen here already in some of these scriptures. In Exodus 4, we find Moses. God's telling him, you're going to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And then God tells Moses he's going to be speaking. Moses doesn't like that idea. I totally understand that one. And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Seems like a good excuse, doesn't it? And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Well, God made man's mouth. That's a silly question. 
But one has to acknowledge the fact that God made their mouth. If they can't do that, they're in a heap of trouble. He didn't leave him there, though. He says, Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. God doesn't leave us alone. We hear all the time, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. It's true. We can stand on that. Many want to deny creation, the pillar of the book of Genesis. In the beginning, in the beginning. I'm going to go back to that book of Psalms again. Starting at verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Amen? We should stand in awe of him. Look what he's done. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Hebrews 11.3 Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Through faith we understand that. Through faith we understand that. We do... We. We just know by looking and reading through God's word, as we become child of God and realize the power there is in the changing of our own life, certainly he framed the world so that things which are, are seen were not made of things which do appear. In other words, he made it out of nothing. Now that's pretty awesome. We should stand in awe of that. And to deny the Creator, what a place. I do not want to be there. So back in Colossians, in the next, chap- next verse, it says, For in Him, this is speaking of Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Genesis 1.26 we read, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Plural. Plural. And we're hearing here that, for in him Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Sometimes when you read the scriptures slower, it's like, whoa. Yeah. It's a little easier to, to take in, one at a time. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. A few verses later, we read in 114, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ, 
is powerful. The price he paid on Calvary for you and me, we heard about that a little this morning, the human side was petrified. But he did it anyway. Why? Because he knew what it would do for you and me. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Amen? Christ was and is divine. Ephesians chapter 1. This is Paul again. And Speaking to the Ephesians, wherefore, this is starting at verse 15, if you're following along. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Think about this prayer being about us tonight. That we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding, our understanding, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. He was and is divine. He is still interceding for us, even now, this very moment in time. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. That's who we serve. That's who loved us enough to die on a cross. That's who intercedes for you and me every time we pray. Far above. That caught my attention. All of those things. Anything we look at or anyone that we look at as being a high and mighty powerful person or powerful or whatever. Christ exceeds it all. The last verse that I wanted to read was 22, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Far above. When we pray in Jesus' name, far above. In Jesus' name. Hebrews 5, or excuse me, we're going to go to this 10th verse now of Colossians 2. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Complete. A lot, a lot of times we see the word perfect in the, in the Bible, and it means complete. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. We're far from it. But we can be complete. Ephesians 4, there, in starting at chapter 4, verse 4, There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called, in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, 
One God. One God. Amen? One God. And Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. What a promise. But what power there is in these scriptures. When we, re- when we come to realize, when, when we're struggling or we see everything that's going on around us, we wonder, look at all this chaos. It's so easy to get frustrated. It's so easy to feel defeated. One God and Father of all, who is above all. Amen. Above all. Even of what we see right now. When we don't see a way out, we don't see how it's going to get fixed. Above all. Through all and in you all. It's personal. The gospel is personal. It is in us all, which means we must come to the point where we humble ourselves like we heard this morning and submit ourselves like we heard this morning, those steps that we heard we need to take. It's important. You want to take advantage of all this that you're hearing tonight. You must submit. You must be humble. We must draw nigh unto God. We need to look into his word and allow it to speak to our own hearts. Paul described it similarly back in Colossians 3, verse 11. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all in all. Your background doesn't matter. Your race doesn't matter. Nothing matters when it comes to needing to be saved, needing the redemptive work of Christ's blood to occur in your life. It doesn't matter who you are, who raised you, where you were raised. And when you're saved, you're all part of the same family. You have the same access, regardless. Rich, poor, blind, sight, whatever. It doesn't matter. We are complete in him. Hebrews 5.9 says, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation. Eternal salvation. This is eternal. This is something that has eternal consequences we're talking about. Unto all them that obey him. Well, what, what, what must we obey? Does Jesus give any commands in the Bible? Uh, yes, he does. John 3.3. 3. You must be born again. That's not a quip saying. That's just not something that he came off of the top of his head. We must be born. We must have that regeneration and be reconciled to God. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. If you haven't experienced that yet, you can. Tonight. We heard about being safe in the arms of God. Doesn't that sound like a great idea? In these last days, with things going like they are, we can have peace in our heart, even when chaos is all around. We're thankful for that. In John seventeen nineteen, Jesus prayed, I sanctify myself that they might also be sanctified through the truth. Jesus wants us to be sanctified. 
set apart, holy. He wants us to be vessels that are pure. Because he wants us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He can't fill a vessel that's not holy and pure. Which brings me to Luke 24, 49. Tarry in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power. That's a command. Tarry until. You don't have to be in Jerusalem. Right here is fine. It works. It works. I remember seeking my baptism. It was a young people's meeting during camp meeting. Well, it was longer than that, but I started really finding that I was getting somewhere at a young people's meeting during camp meeting. And I remember being down here, right here, until dinner closed. I didn't get dinner that night, and I really didn't care. I went to church Friday night and uh, started, you know, I really don't know what happened in the service. I just know I prayed afterwards because that's all I wanted to do. And it didn't start. I, I was hoping it would kind of just be a, I could start where I left off. But that's not how it goes usually. I, I started out, I had to start all over again. Kind of felt like that anyway. Uh, but before you know it, the Lord saw my heart. Uh, and he, he, he knew what I, I, I learned what I needed to do, which wasn't necessarily feeling that easy at that moment. Uh, but I, I submitted. I humbled myself. I submitted. I drew nigh unto God, just like we heard this morning. And I, I gave some things to the Lord that I wasn't sure I could do, but I needed to do. And boy, the power came down. Power, power came down. It was, it was real. I honestly didn't remember much. Someone told me from across the aisle that I had received my baptism because I was too lost in whatever the Lord was doing for me. I had never testified to that point. When I got saved, I never testified. When I got sanctified, I never testified. I didn't grow up in the church, and I really didn't feel like talking to anyone yet about it, or especially standing up in front of a group like this. Now look, look what I'm having to do now. But anyway... So Brother Carver had to tell me, you're testifying tonight on a Saturday night service. That was my first testimony, and uh, I was thrilled. I really was. I, I, the Lord had done so much for me in such a short amount of time, in about four months. I, I was truly a new creature in every way. People didn't recognize me that knew me from school. My sister saw an obvious difference. This is, this is something that will take us, as they say, from earth to glory. But it's something that takes us day by day till we get there. Mark 12. Another command. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. What I, what I love about these three verses in Colossians, we begin with beware, but it brings us full circle 
and brings us to the important reality that we do need to make a choice. We need to be careful. We need to be aware of what's going on around us. But ultimately, we have to decide, do I want to be complete in Christ? Because if we're not willing to be 100% complete in Christ, we are in the world. There is no halvesies. You can't be 80%. You can't be 99%. God will continue to call that 1%. He will continue and continue. And you will struggle. And you'll struggle. And you'll pray. And you'll struggle. Give him the 1%. Whatever you're holding on to. 100% complete. Tonight. Tonight. What a joy. You'll be out of here telling everybody. What a joyous occasion that would be. What's your choice tonight? Don't take it lightly. Eternal consequences. Eternal consequences. Oh, we want to be, we want to have that hope we heard about as we sang those songs about heaven. We heard about the joy in our heart. Do you have that joy in your heart tonight? That the song will put some joy in, but Jesus puts real joy in. Tonight, the, the song is 305, an opportunity has come. Let's go ahead and come to the altars and pray and expect the Lord to answer your prayer tonight.